your secret love. Cause it's just a waste of my love. I'm telling you from the start, I won't be the one who gives you love when your other guy ain't giving you one. Continue podcast! Episode 132, and that's the most upsetting reading of Luther Vandross's Your Secret Love that you've ever heard. My name is Anthony Johnson. <laughs> and if you can well, no one ruins <laughs> Luther Vandross quite like you. Right here, right here, 2023, ruining Luther Vandross. Uh, this is a show about video games. Uh, Sort of. We're going to talk sort about of. some video games today, uh, but not not a ton. Uh, with me uh, are the two people that commit this crime uh, and are complicit <laughs> in it. Uh, we have Susan Art. Hello, Susan. You're you've beat the vid. Nobody- I I have. I am. I I, I have. Uh, uh, I I fought the vid and the, I won. And you won. <laughs> okay. Uh, well. Yeah. This, so. What I'm dealing with right now, in addition to, I, I still have some COVID systems, uh, symptoms, is my mother-in-law being 100% of the belief that I should be better by now. <laughs> what is that? What is that about true boomers? Like, true, <clears throat> true boomers and, like, their belief that if you're sick, it's your fault. Yeah, I'm not entirely... Certain. It is very definitely a thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, are like, why? Why aren't you better? Like, because mm-hmm. uh, I'm not. Because I'm sick. Because it's sick. just like this is yeah. Like first, first there was the the one hundred percent lack of belief that I, I actually had COVID. Mm-hmm. And in fairness, the tests kept coming up negative for the first several days. So, but then after that, I was like, I was so glad when it finally came up positive because I could be like, see. Yeah. So first there was that. No, that's not what you just have the flu or so, or maybe it's just allergies. Like, no, no. So now, but now it's like, I can't believe, are you sure you're still sick? Yes. 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 Yes, I am. This is like, they say like 14 days. (laughs) Yep. Mm hmm. And I want to like, put this on record. This is scientific. The average cold, the average cold, not COVID, the thing that killed a lot of yeah. people. The average yeah. cold lasts 10 days. 10 days. Was so, it really? Yes. Isn't that insane? Huh. When you hear that it's like, that. even if you're sort of feeling better after three or yeah. four, 10 days for like... Huh. Well, yeah, you're still... Sh- well, and the thing, like, even if you are feeling better, even with COVID, you're still mm-hmm. shedding the virus. You you're still, still got it. Virus. Yeah. I, this, mom, mom, if you're listening, <laughs> hey, it's not my fault if me or my kid gets sick. Also, 10 days. It's not like... Yeah. You were sick on Saturday. It's Sunday now. What's wrong with right? you? Right? Get a job. They would be better in like two days. Like I would love to be. Do you think I enjoy not feeling well? Be great. It'd be great. I'd I'd love it. I don't understand. Uh, Ask her what it was like to pay two hundred dollars to go to college, and then yeah, I always no. I then I'm like, what did you guys (laughs) like about Billy Joel? Why did you commit this crime against the world? (laughs) Okay, by making him famous. Piano man's okay. I I like some Billy Joel. Yeah. Oh no. 
<laughs> I okay. In, in we fairness, didn't start the my, fire. My, yeah, exactly. My loathing of Bill, Billy Joel might be the fact that that River of Dreams is the worst song ever written. Okay. Oh, in it's the middle so of the night. Yeah, that's, that's not a good song. Yeah, that's, yeah. It might just be that. It might just be that. Uh, that person who loves We Didn't Start the Fire is Steph Roberts, Dave Roberts. <laughs> I have uh, set up my. Uh, I don't know. This is great on audio, but I got a drum kit for Christmas, and I set it up with Rock Band, so I could play. I could play all the Billy Joel that I could ever want. Now on drum, girl. I could play Uptown Girl. I have. I think I still have the keyboard. Yeah, I have the keyboard still lying around there, so I could actually learn the keys to Uptown Girl, and I will school you. Mr. Agnello, about no, my wife hates Billy Joel too. She's like, why do you like? What is it about this that you enjoy? This is this is a real story. In 1989, uh, on the uh, continuing Stormfront tour uh, that featured "We Didn't Start the Fire," I was taken to see Billy Joel with my father and his uh, his girlfriend, which turned into my stepmother. This thing that he was seeing, and. Um, I remember sitting there, and in the middle of Uptown Girl, I got in a lot of trouble. I was just like, is this a joke? Oh. (laughs) Seven-year-old me. Is this a joke? And I was like, is this like Weird Al? Is this this like, is it like a, is he like Weird Al? (laughs) I got in a lot of trouble. (laughs) I I like Downeaster Alexa. I got, I got, I got a legit parent. That's a very immature attitude. I got one of those for real. Yeah. Um, we are known on this show for having very immature attitudes about a great many things, but that's true. What one of them that delights me to this day is our collective immature attitude about the game Destiny. Where we're like, <laughs> none of us give a shit about that lore, son. We care about rolling around and shooting fun if ass you, guns. If, if the lore really mattered, they wouldn't have put it in those cards. They wouldn't have. <laughs> on the I, website. To this day, every time anybody in that game mentions the Traveler, <laughs> I just think about you and me, Anthony, going, and it's baseball! came and it was in trouble because it said i need to hang out here for a little while susan now that i have an actual six-year-old oh my god i and like when she tells stories my daughter will come home and i think about us doing the destiny lore bit on a near daily basis for the for the listeners that have not been following us in the many incarnations of the show for fucking eight years because that's how long it's been now since the destiny the original destiny beta susan and i were do we're i think we were in a round table we did we recorded a podcast after that very first destiny closed beta and we're taught like everybody was doing the bits about like that wizard came from the moon mm-hmm. and we were talking about how the entire lore which destiny was so insistent about its lore at the beginning like you had to watch 25 minutes of cutscenes in that first public beta uh closed beta rather and we, we would just sit there and be like 
Destiny's story was clearly dictated by a six-year-old. It was just like, they showed a six-year-old the concept art and were like, and go. And then the bad space bird saw the ball go to the earth. And then they realized the moon was also a ball. And they sent other little balls to find the people with the guns. (laughs) Wasn't there an episode of, uh, was it Dexter's Laboratory? That was like entirely narrated by a child and like... (laughs) And they're like that sounds perfect. Yeah, yeah. And it, like and like as the child like says something, and, but like messes it up. The animators like erasing things and like drawing <laughs> in the new things. I forget that's what. How, show, the, yeah, I think it was Dexter. Yeah, that's, that's how that's they what tell this stories. Like. That's how children tell stories. They tell it just like Destiny. But Susan, I brought. I'm bringing up our beloved old gun, these guns feel good game because. Yeah. I feel like all three of us are like, we're, we're a little hungover from the blitz of really good games at the end of 2023, and no one's playing anything that's lighting us on fire. And you, Susan, you said the most like key sentence for January of 2023. You're like, I need something where I can just like mess around yep. and, and do them dailies. And so how, how does it feel to be back in there? So it, it was, okay, so it was a combination of things. So the last several games I purchased Mm. I was really disappointed by like the last one I actually bought was Callisto Protocol Mm -hmm. bought that day one Mm -hmm. Uh, so I have now spent several hundred dollars on stuff that I at best was eh Mm. on right so I'm like no I am going to play free things and I bought Destiny 2 when it came out, and I was thinking about, like, wow, you know, I just want to do, like, I have a, an hour or two after work in between when we stop working and we have dinner, and I just want to noodle around in something that I don't have to think about. Mm. And Destiny was great for that, because you just go, and you shoot, shoot some fools, and you get some shinies, and you're done. Mm-hmm. You don't have to pay attention to and Destiny 2 ruined all of that. <laughs> it sure did. Holy it shit, just did it. Destroyed it. And I mentioned this publicly, and a variety of people said to me, some of whom work on it, who are like, mm, you know, you might want to dip your toe back in because it's a little different now. Mm. And I'm like, well, I can do that without paying any money. So I will t- give that a shot. Oh, oh, my stars and garters. This is a the amount of information that is being bombarded at you the second you step back in. Oh no. Is ridiculous. It's so now it is a free to start MMO mm-hmm. with all of the accoutrement that that implies like there it it does seasons now and there are triumphs but there are collections and there are and it's just telling you all the things and then if you want to do like it gives you the map like Mm -hmm. okay here's the solar system and here are all the places you can go to its credit it does say very clearly if you want to do this you need this expansion and here's the link to go buy it great if you want to do this and so forth so the first thing I, I stumbled onto was the Witch Queen, and they're like, we would like 79 of your American dollars, please. And I said, 100% no. I am not doing that. $80? 80 I am out. Yeah, that is not 
happening. So, yeah, like, I uh, swear to God, there better be a very, very questionably dressed anime lady on a Vita case if I'm spending $80 <laughs> on a game right now. That's just right? <laughs> number one. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, okay, I don't even know. They've changed so much. And a big part of the reason why I dropped out of it was it became so endgame centric. Sure. There was no point in being a solo casual player. It yeah. just it was not fun. You did not get any cool stuff. You did not have cool things to do. Timeline that for me, Susan. When did you uh I'm sorry, that was super McLaughlin group groupy. Timeline that <laughs> Timeline for me. Susan <laughs> Issue four. <laughs> Issue four. It was a little Larry King. Expand on that. Uh <laughs> No, I, I, I genuinely am curious, like, when did you drop off? Because I haven't, when you got back in this week, I was like, oh, man, yeah. When, like, I guess it was, like, right after the first or second expansion for Destiny 2. No, I have not played this game since it was just vanilla Destiny 2. Yeah, yeah. And well, it was very different. I... Well, so uh, this is interesting because I tried to jump back in a couple years ago when Destiny 2, they 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 were no longer being published by Activision. They broke right. free from Battle.net. They're like, transfer everything to Steam. We're doing like a whole new thing. They relaunched uh, like the and this was along with like a new campaign that was coming out. So I was like, oh, maybe it's time to try it again. And I booted it up and like my character, they it, like I basically got a whole new intro, but with zero like context about where I was, what yep. I was doing. Yep. And it was, I, like, I was so confused because I remember playing again, vanilla destiny too. And like, I'm sure I was just like logged out in the friggin' tower, whatever that city's called. Yeah. But no, I was like in a mission and it was like, you have to play this before we open you up. <laughs> oh and no. And I was like, I have no idea what's going on. So I, I uninstalled it. I was so yeah, overwhelmed yeah. and confused just by, because like, well, I did, I I just wanted to kind of see what it looked like before I decided whether I was gonna go all in, and it wanted me to go all in right away. Did this? I will to- say it's probably smarter if you are coming back. Just make a new character. Okay. Just to go, yeah. just to go noodle around until you get your bearings, and then you can always hop, hop back into. Because I did the exact same thing, Dave. I'm like, oh wow, my warlock still exists. That's awesome. And the game's like, oh well, then you must know what you're doing. Boop. <laughs> oh no! Susan, was no, all your stuff still there? I know that, yes. like, okay, all your stuff was still there. I don't know the details. I know people were very uh, upset that certain things were taken away and all that shit. I okay, yes, my stuff is still there, comma, <laughs> but much of it is no longer exists. So while it was in my inventory, it was like this, like. I forget the terminology, but basically it's like, this is no longer a valid object in this game. Feel free to destroy it for money. Weird. How yeah, I've also heard that like they have sunset expansions that people have purchased. So yes, like, they have. Yes. so like wow. content that people have spent money on is not in the game anymore as they like roll out new content. And I think that they're also vault. It's like a weird Disney vault system where it's like, we're going to yeah. make it disappear for a couple years before we bring it back. I don't like, I don't know what their, their game here is. Oh boy. Weird. Yeah. All right, Susan. So you, you rolled a new character. 
No, no, I didn't. Oh, you That's didn't. why you I'm stuck, suggesting you, you should. No, nope. I just stuck with my warlock because <laughs> okay. I love her, and, <laughs> and it went bloop. You're like, fuck you, $80 for yes. going to the Space Pet Benatar show. Not Correct. doing that. Yeah. Uh, so what did you end up doing? So there is still a lot of, like, there is, you can play a lot of the Witch Queen campaign for free. Huh. So that's what I started doing. And uh, there's actually a lot of different content that you can play for free. Um, like, I'm not spending any money on the season or any of the expansions until I understand if this is even fun anymore. Mm. Um, however, uh, CJ Melendez, if you're listening, thank you very much, uh, hooked me up with codes. So now I have the Witch Queen and, 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 and... Two other expansions, uh, so I I ha- now have access to that content without having to pay for it. So thank you, thank you, thank you to CJ. Very much appreciate that. Um, <clears throat> you will certainly have access to enough stuff to do to figure out if you find out find it fun. Mm, okay, all right, interesting. Uh, yeah, I I found my experience with Destiny Two was I did play the entire campaign. Yep. So where you you play through the whole thing, you have to fight Grape Ape at the end, just like in Halo <laughs> Infinite. I don't know why Halo Infinite and Destiny Two are always like. There's a lot of bet, apes in these games. You better fight Grape Ape. He's always he's gonna have a hammer. He's good. He's got big ape armor on, and you're gonna fight him. Uh, and then after that, I always found myself in situations where like. Nathan Fillion would tell me to go do shit, and then I'd be like, "Great!" And but it would be like, "You need six people to do that." And I'd be like, "Yeah, no, yeah, <laughs> yeah." No, I sir. am over thirty years old. <laughs> I have, yeah, I have a job already. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, like they like, had raids, which is the big thing where you gotta go get tri- No, I'm not doing that. Like uh, that and those. Take like four hours to do. I yeah. know. No. Uh uh-uh. uh. No. I'm good. <laughs> no. Yeah. Like, but then I've... they have the little strikes that are that are they they will they will match make you with randos if you just mm. want to hop in and it might take you like a half hour and and you can get some cool stuff out. Fine. Thank you. And now they have a new another thing that's like that i forget what it's called but it's like strikes they'll hook you up with some people it's fine you can go do it it's fast it's uh, dungeons they're called dungeons dungeons. and you could go you could go do that now i haven't done those yet because other people scare me yeah no (laughs) other people are scary that's that's the the thing that i am always reminded by uh when i play video games with others you know what i will say this very quickly the only like true recent online experience with other people playing a game i had was the street fighter 6 beta a few weeks ago i don't know if it's that community everyone was so nice (laughs) oh like all the time like it took took me a second but there's like global chat and every global chat was always like GG, GG, GG. Oh, wow. And I thought it was get good at first because the internet's poison. And it was actually Hello, people being good like, game. good game, good game. Everybody's just like super welcoming. When I played Aww. Destiny 2, I tried to like play like the PvP team stuff with randos. Oh. It went 
badly. No, no. no, no. <laughs> I, that, that is one thing I will also say about Final Fantasy XIV is that their community... I think I played that game for over 300 hours at this point, probably more, and I ran into one person who was actively being an asshole during like a raid which i oh, found, wow yeah that's amazing one person and and again and like all the other people in the party were like dude what the fuck are you doing he's new he has the leaf over his head don't yell at him <laughs> it's okay oh if he God. dies so extreme yeah uh, yeah 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 and Susan, it, it, oh go ahead Dave. no just it's just amazing like how how especially for like an mmo type thing that like a couple bad rounds with people can really color your entire perception of a game so oh yeah mm-hmm. yeah uh I, does it st- does it feel any different or is it still that's st- like that it's the buttery destiny we all it's butter <laughs> it's just buttery it's just it's the so good it's so good okay stop trying to make it a platformer Oh my God, Bungie, just <laughs> stop it. Just stop it. Look, the thing you do, you do, it's, it's, it's just, it's just sex. It's so good, the shooting. It's the, and then you're like, oh, but we're going to make you jump on these, on these ledges. And some of them are going to be invisible. And then, Mm-mm. oh, did we also mention this is timed and you're in first person? Okay. Sure. Have fun. <laughs> no, thank you. No. Yeah. I, but, like, that's, I think that's baked in Bungie's DNA because there's always those sections in, like, the classic Halos, too, where it's just like, aren't you having fun strafing? Doesn't strafing <laughs> feel right? Now jump over all of these platforms that are covered with octopuses that hate you. Do it. Uh, Fuck you, bunch. I'm not doing any of that. That shit was in Marathon. Marathon has platforming sequences that are terrible. Um, I I don't I don't know if I I don't know if I would ever get back in there. Like, if somebody told me I I mentioned this in the Discord too. I almost wish that there was like Destiny Classic. Which yeah. is a very th- yeah. weird thing to say at this point. But if somebody was like, you can play V1 Destiny. Dinklage Destiny. Dinklage Edition. The Dinklage Edition is available to you for one weekend yeah. only. I'd play. I'd play in a whole I would game. absolutely. And, here's the, and like, you don't need to update it. You don't need to have the events. Mm-mm. That's fine. Just give me, just give me that. And, and I'll be very happy. No, there's a lot. Like, and again, maybe if you do the tutorial, this gets explained to you. But there's just so much. And it, I, I here's something I do wonder. Mm. Because it has now become part of the model of, uh, of games as a service to have seasons. And I encountered seasons first in uh, Diablo 3. It doesn't explain to you what it is. <laughs> and what, if you're not familiar, what it is is they're like, okay, look, you've played all the content that comes with the game. There's no expansion. That's not, you know, we get that you've, you've done this so many times. You've probably done it with many different characters. You are wringing every drop of entertainment out of this you could possibly get. Here's what we're going to do. 
We're going to give you an air quote season. Mm. It's not really new content, but what it is, is if you do certain things that we ask you to, we'll give you special loot or special badges or special shaders or something. So it's just a new, although uh, seasons in, in Destiny do apparently also come with content, but that's basically what it is. Like, we get that you've finished all the base stuff that exists. This is to tide you over until the next thing comes out, the next big ticket item It's kind of like a, like a battle pass, right? Like, you actually have to pay for these seasons? You do, yes. Okay. Yes, and, and I think in Destiny, it's like 10 bucks for a season, and you, you do it or you don't, and it doesn't really impact anything. Like, there's mm. stuff to get, like new exotics or, or or what have you but like if you just want to pop in at every new expansion that's fine too nobody cares it's fine i like i i'm the only things i ever play that have seasons in them are typically fighting games and i'm like guys, so what's a season in a fighting game man who the fuck knows <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> who the fuck like the moment and like i'm sure that every developer out there has the data for like the the me out there they like yeah they're like oh the middle-aged guy who's gonna show up like if we put a new cartridge out we were like here's champion edition i'd show up and give them money again yeah but they they know that it's like well this currency for these events uh and these promos and you'll get this stage this costume i'm like too much friction even yeah. the word season is too much friction for me. I get yeah. like buy new character now and then that's expansion it. pass? Expansion yeah. character? Good. That's You know so okay. So here's something I'm wondering. We all know that the mobile game industry makes money hand over fist. Right. They make a fortune and they've done it in the free-to-start space. Mm-hmm. They have mastered that monetization model. So something I noticed, I play uh, 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 one particular uh, game um, called, what's it, what's it even called? Merge Mansion. I play that every day. I've been playing it since the, the commercial came out with Grandma getting arrested and stuck in the back of the <laughs> cop car. And he's he's a commercial. He is a lot. Right, I've been playing it since that came out. I play it every day. And I've noticed that that is introducing new... It used to be you had the base game, and then at certain times of year, there would be seasonal events during which you could uh, do special things to get seasonal decorations. You get Christmas decorations, you get Halloween decorations, you get spring decorations, whatever. Fine. It has now started to introduce other timed events, Grandma's cleaning out the attic, or we're going to have a, a garage sale, whatever it is. And it lasts for a certain amount of time, and it has its own currency or energy or specifications or whatever it is. And I noticed I picked up a different mobile game that I had not played probably in a year and a half. And I started playing it last night. And it has now introduced the same kind of thing. Interesting. Huh. And I'm wondering, and, and you know, the mobile people, they've got data. They have data, oh, yeah. data, 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 data about churn, about engagement, 
about not just how much money mm-hmm. people spend, but when they spend it and in response to what prompts. They got money all day long. And I'm very curious if the mainstream I, game industry I, I is think, just going like, I think one, No, I think, one, I think that all of the shifts that you've seen in the way mainstream games like it's weird like destiny yes destiny is an mmo right yeah yeah but nobody ever calls it that ever right and i think that things like that things like street fighter things that even like diablo things that survive on these seasonal models in mainstream Mm -hmm. gaming now looked at mobile and said a that model is the one to replicate like not Mm -hmm. expansions like habituate people to an expectation that this these rolling tides of new content will come and the expectation of money 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 at those times i mean that's yeah that's what Fortnite does like that's that's their whole thing which is just like here's the season and like this is the john wick season and you get to buy you can only buy john wick during this time and but I think the other thing that mainstream gaming adopted from that model, from mobile, that was not there previously, is that console gaming and AAA gaming generally, because even things like, you know, WoW uh, survived on this forever. It was, we want six, seven million people to spend $60 all at once. And that I no game that has the seasonal model operates that way they want they want like a hundred thousand people to spend like five hundred to six hundred dollars like that's mm. that's what they want you think you, you think so you think mainstream games are going after the whale model i i know i know that they are mm. I, interesting. <laughs> okay 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 yeah like I, like triple a triple a triple a devs they and you can see how they segment it. Like Capcom's really interesting, right? Because mm-hmm. Capcom does have Street Fighter, and over here it's like, here's your season. Now it's like it's the 2023, you know, 2022 season of Street Fighter Five. You're gonna get X characters and these events and these currencies and blah 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 blah. But Resident Evil, they're like, we're not gonna fuck with that because the whales don't exist for Resident Evil. Like fascinating. And okay. like, they're like, all right, well we're gonna put Resident Evil out, and then. Eight, nine months. Here's another premium product to put on top of that Resident Evil. And we're going to re-release the game at a not premium price. Like Village comes out. Village Gold comes out. Not a full year later. And it's got, here's the expansion. But the full thing is only 50 bucks now. You like it. And so you can see how the AAA and the main, like AAA market took that seasonal model and realized like we can do it for a lot of stuff. Not everything. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, <laughs> I love Susan, I love that there's a game you played daily and you had to check what the name was. That's, I know. That's the most mobile game truth in the world. Like, what's that thing? That yeah. It's a match th- it's the, the what the match three game? No, not that one. The other one. The no, one that, well, the- I mean everything is merged something at yeah. this point. It's just and I you know, it's it's a, it, again, it's just real easy. I and know. I can and I can make progress every day. That's nice. That's so but nice. I, no, I couldn't t- like. And there's characters in it. I don't. I do not know what the main character's name <laughs> Have is. Have you solved the mystery, Susan? <laughs> yeah. 
Has is there even a mystery? Because the those there, it, those no. advertisements sure imply that there is one. There is not. That is a lie. There is there is not. There. So what happened? Just for anyone who gives a hot damn, whenever uh whatever her name's grandma starts to reveal something about the pat, like you, the whole thing is is as you progress through the game, you open up new areas of the house and the grounds. And so it, you'll find something like, oh, wow, this uh, looks like a, a, a still. You know, was Grandpa a rum runner? Oh, well, that goes back from our days in, in the mafia. I got a pie in the oven. I'll talk to you later. It's that kind of thing. Like, wait, wait, we're in the mafia? What are you talking about? Sorry, bye. So you're, just, you're playing a manga then, just to, like I a long so. running. <laughs> yeah. It just never ends. Never ends. Um, oh my gosh. Uh, so, here here is a very different topic. And it, there is no easy transition here from Destiny. I was trying to think about, like, des- like Bungie, the continuity of Bungie is very interesting to me. Like, if somebody made a Destiny and it wasn't Bungie, would you play it? Because there is, there is evidence that... If Bungie's not making Halo, I don't think people like that. I, I, yeah. I think there's I think there's plenty of evidence at this point that when Bungie didn't make Halo anymore, people didn't like it when that happened. And if some if Sony all of a sudden was like, "Well, we want to free up our our owned studio Bungie from making Destiny. We're giving it to like I don't know those guys that made the Agency. That was a thing, right? Oh, that happened." <laughs> Did the agency ever come out that Sony MMO? I don't know. It was just Agent, like at E3 it, for like a decade. Are you talking yeah, about it Agent? Yeah, was constantly at E3. The no, not game Agent, the, not the Rockstar no, game. No. There was like a, it was a spy MMO. Oh, that yeah, I don't Sony. Know. No, I don't yeah. think it ever did. Give it to the people who made beta. It's given to the people who made Mag. Two Remember that game? <gasps> yeah, Mag. Oh my god, Mag. 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 There you go. <gasps> battles it feels so quaint now everybody will be there uh yeah like you know i i think if somebody was like destiny 3 from sony online entertainment everybody would be like fucking peace uh i've been thinking about this sort of the the authorship thing a lot uh not a lot of games have been lighting me on fire uh as as we were talking about before the destiny conversation i tried playing crisis core it's very annoying (laughs) Yeah, it's very annoying. Yeah, uh, I tried playing. The voice Need acting for... is somehow worse. It's it's, wor- it's worse than a 2008 PSP game. It's terrible. Uh, I also tried playing Need for Speed Unbound, which is a very very good game, but it's also annoying because no one will ever shut up. Like the the worst voice acting I've heard in a like major publisher Ooh. game in in years. Like I'm talking Ooh. like this is like PS2 era voice Ooh, acting it's yeah. rough uh I, I like to the point that i had to mute the the campaign mode i had to like well, mute all the dialogue like an ea just kind of send that game out to dot like the to only die. reason i knew it even existed was because some random person on twitter posted a video going yeah. like hey look this looks like automodelista yes. it's got cartoon graphics it's like cr- that's cool oh my god automodelista it- yeah, Deep cuts right. Damn. That's how Deep I found cuts. out about it. 
the same the same reference. I was like, ooh, Auto Modelista. Yes, please. Uh, fun game, but also kind of annoying. Uh, so I stopped playing games on the back half of my vacation and put a lot of time into rereading all 40 years of my favorite comic book ever made called Yusaki Ojimbo. Uh, if anybody is unfamiliar with Yusagi Ojimbo, it is about a samurai rabbit <laughs> who goes around <laughs> doing stuff. Uh, it is okay. Yeah, uh, like anthropomorphic characters, um, not in a furry way, uh, but it it is also exhaustively researched. Uh, it's I like I I didn't realize until they embedded themselves with samurai bunnies. It, it for is like just, a year. just <laughs> gotta know what those samurai bunnies and samurai okay. rhinos are up to at all times. I realized rereading it, like I like like I have my old trade paperbacks from 1996, and I was like, oh, this is why this is what turned me into a weeb. This is what turned me into a weeb. <laughs> like every single issue ends with like story notes like reference points to all of like the architectural design all of this stuff and it's just a remarkably well-made thing and it has all been drawn and uh written by one person since 1984 a guy named stan sakai and unsurprisingly for uh you know, an artist who's been working on one project for four decades straight. Stan Sakai is not a young man in any way, shape or form. And this is an episodic story. There are overarching, you know, character stories, but it's not like, it's not like manga, Dave, where it's like, Oh no, the pizza delivery guy has been blocked from delivering pizza against his rivals again. Oh no. Like, it's not like that. Uh, <laughs> Tune in next week. It's it's never like that. Oh no, we uh, brought Goku dies again. Goku dies what again. will happen? Piccolo died again. Oh wow. no. None of that. None of that. It's very the stories are very contained. They might go on for about a year, but that's it. You can you can always pick up an issue and immediately understand who everyone is, what's going on, all of that. And that's part of why I love it so much. Is that every single issue is just this like perfectly contained art object it's so good uh but the the creator of this guy, he he was best friends with the teenage mutant ninja turtles guys when they started that back in the early 80s that's why anyone even knows what usagi ojimbo is in the mainstream because he licensed the character to them they made an action figure of it for the turtles line back in the day appeared on the show and it's like crazy the kind of stuff they got away with for for um artist protections back in 1988 you, the characters in one episode of the old turtles cartoon and they were like yeah he'll he'll we'll, we can have that character in it the artist gets final say on the design the voice actor everything oh my god right crazy like stan sakai has managed to keep the rights to this character and everything associated with it totally for himself which is incredible it's kind of like uh bill watterson with uh with calvin with, and hobbs. Uh, calvin and hobbs where he's like very similar they could have easily turned that into a merch machine machine mm -hmm. and yeah, he could have like, been no. getting all that money from the uh peeing all on that, dale earnhardt's that, number that, that, all that garfield money <laughs> all that, that dilbert money. money uh and stan sakai like he 
he's starting to now in his 70s there is a little bit more going on there is like a netflix cartoon inspired by the comic it's not like the comic um but anyway i started reading this because there's been like a six month gap since the last time there was an issue of this and I, there was, I couldn't find any, it's not a popular enough thing that I can be like, I'll just go to Twitter and people will know. Uh, it was really hard to figure out like, where's the next issue? And it turned out that he switched publishers and has created a holding company, not just for the book, but the intellectual property itself. And the plan is like, oh, in the wake of the success of the Netflix show and the ongoing success and interest in the comic, Stan Sakai is starting this up and it's to house the the future of the comic and the intellectual property and the new spinoff properties that will come from it. Mm. And in the context of a single artist, I was like, uh, well, this isn't like gross, you know, mercenary. We're setting this up. I was like, oh, he's setting this up because he needs to be able to protect it for his kids. Like this is yeah. This is what he will bequeath to his family when he is gone. He has created an entity that will make sure that they control it even when he dies, which could happen at any point. And it will be taken care of and they'll be able to do with it what they think is best. And I was like, that's great. I love that that's going to happen. And then I, I looked and there's there's no plans for... like They're like, yeah, the comic will come back at some point. But the next thing that'll happen is there's going to be a six-issue miniseries out of continuity crossing over with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And my reaction was like, fucking... We'll get back to it. Like I felt like the pissy fan coming mm-hmm. out. I felt that... like <clears throat> what Make the thing I want. I don't want you to do that. Get back to the... Get back to the story! (laughs) And I realized that the pissy fan in me, it wasn't... It wasn't like the Star Wars asshole. It wasn't the like, Luke Skywalker wouldn't do that! Luke Skywalker would tear his shirt off and kill everybody with his lightsaber! It was... The pissy fan part of me was like, You're going to die! Like, life will end! I... I want you to finish this. I want there to be an ending. Or if there's not, I don't want anyone else to make it. And Mm. it's a very weird feeling. I'm not, I don't think that I'm bad or wrong for feeling that way, but it is a weird sense of entitlement. And uh, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I, I wanted to talk about this with you guys because I'm very curious about when it comes to these things that we're talking about, whether it is Destiny or, you know, Dave, if you're, if you're fucking watching these like 70s martial arts movies or Susan, if you're reading, uh, 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 you know, if you're watching Doctor Who and it's a new season of Doctor Who, what is it that you need to be the thing? Like, what what is the difference between a work that is the expression of a singular artist and you know destiny feels like not the work of a singular artist but hundreds that fall under this one ethos and they share this set of skills and a style it's it's a very odd thing to wrap my head around here's the thing this is 
something that was the creation. He wrote it. He drew it. He's the only person who's been steering that ship for decades, for its entire existence. That in and of itself is so rare mm. at, at this point. Mm-hmm. That of, I think it is natural for you as a fan, someone who has been there and appreciated it and, and not just appreciated the end result, but appreciates as a creator yourself, the, the wanting to see a vision through mm. <clears throat> that said, you are also carrying some of your own baggage into this. Oh, I, I because was... you are assuming <laughs> yes. you are you are making assumptions about what he wants. He may be a my dude may not have an ending. Right. Mm. Um, George George Reginald yeah. Martin Martin. Yeah. <laughs> he may be, yes. He may be Games of Thrones in that shiz. Um and he may feel as a creator or or as a parent or or as a a creative that he has he has planted the seeds in the fertile soil and now it is for others to grow right right he may feel really really good about handing that off and i i feel like while i think your reaction is 100 percent coming from a place of love and appreciation Mm. It's also making assumptions. It's yeah. making huge assumptions, and I I realize that the 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 fertile soil from which those assumptions are growing is my own fear of mortality. Like it is yeah, like yeah. The, the fueling this is like my own like. Not only can you die, I'm going I to die. I can too. I can't. oh no. Look, I look if I fucking kick the bucket before my kid like you know goes out there and starts her own family fucking fine but if I die before there's an ending for Usagi Ojimbo I'm coming back I'm coming back I need this to be resolved I need to know he's going to be okay like I I have never been so grateful for anything than when CD Projekt Red put out what was the last of the Witcher 3 DLCs was it blood and wine 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 finished blood and wine campaign and then Geralt's in his fucking chateau and Yennefer is drinking wine right outside the chateau I was like oh thank god oh they're gonna be okay like (laughs) well they're making a new one so who knows now no fuck that Dave there is no there's no story past that moment the thing is like this is I mean obviously this is not the first time this has happened right like Mm -hmm. right uh, I have not read the whole thing I've only read a bit of the first volume but the like Berserk Berserk. is kind of the one of the more recent examples of this happening where again seeing like I I, he probably had a team working with him but like for the most part they were just assistants though they were just assistants like like the story the 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 art is all him it's all just this guy uh Kentaro Mirta I'm yeah I can barely I have the heart the leather bound book and it's like black and red and I can barely see it from my shelf so I'm gonna butcher his name I apologize but he he died like shortly before finishing like his outline for I think what was supposed to be the final volume of the series that had been going for his entire like work professional life Susan he's young he was he was like like, like 50 something yeah, yeah. oh it's a uh, real tragedy that's sad so what they're gonna try to do is 
using the storyboards and outlines that he created and like stuff that like he's talked about with like family and other people involved in the making of this, they're going to try to finish it. And it's one of those things where like fans are like, I want to see how it ends. I hope that it's in the spirit of what he would have wanted, but I hope they don't fuck it up. (laughs) Yeah. Because it's so easy to fuck it up. Like I remember like one of the other ones that I think that, like one of the big examples of this was Wheel of Time, right? Where didn't Oh yeah, the, the Robert Jordan books. Yeah, yeah, where he was working on this whole series, Wheel of Time, he dies like before the last book or two is finished, and then it like his kids took over and it just I, I from what I've heard it just isn't like it doesn't hit the same, you yeah. know? And yeah. like that, that that's the kind of thing that life is finite. I you know. just kind of, yeah. you gotta, you just kind of have to appreciate what you get and hope that, that yeah, other yeah. like if 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 the continuation works out, great. If it doesn't, you still have the memories of what you had. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah, and I, and I do think it's also really important to remember that whatever comes next could be some 10 year olds introduction exactly. yeah exactly. right like and like and i i this is this is why i uh i like i celebrate you know any like star wars shit you know any of that stuff like please like i want somebody to fall in love with their thing like yep. I want so badly for them to like, except for all it, of you, all you Gen Zers with your prequel love, you're just morons. You're just. Stupid. I was gonna say. I That's was gonna different. say even even Rise of Skywalker is are no. we? Is yeah. that a is I, that a bridge no. too far? It's somebody. So, lo- so, you some know. some eight year old kid is gonna see that line. The Empire was alive apparently, or whatever that <laughs> intro line was in the scroll, <laughs> and go and base his entire personality around it. Yep. There is some kid. There, there is some kid whose entire sexuality is going to be based around Kylo Ren and Ray kissing, and then he vanishes. No, I'm no, okay with that. I'm fine with that. I, I, I'm fine with that. It's gonna be great. I like. I don't know. It's so much easier. I think with things where like the mutability of the characters is so much easier to digest. I'm fucking fascinated with the like. D- indifference that is taking place with like Marvel stuff and like the emergence of like, well, now this girl's going to be Iron Man and now this dude's going to be Captain America. And like, yeah, misogyny and racism is part of that and it, the majority of it. <laughs> but the uh, like, I think the other part of it is all these people being like, well, that's not who I liked. That's not who the character that I came to these movies for where in, in comic books is just like, it's always different. Yeah. It's always going to be a different writer and a different artist. Like, Uh, let me, let me, (laughs) Dr. Who, (laughs) Dr. Who, Dr. Who. I mean, I, what I have to, what I am okay with. So Jodie Whittaker, first female doctor, terrible. In my opinion, just a combination of, she had, She's bad. Oh, wow. Yeah, like, it's a combination of she got really bad stories to work with, and there's just, I mean, there's only so much you can do if the script is bad. But my opinion, her portrayal, terrible, doesn't understand the character, Mm. right? But, but there is 
some eight-year-old girl out there who gets to see herself as the hero and loves it for that. Yeah. And like, that's like, it's very emotional for me. <laughs> like legitimately, because Doctor Who is a big part of why I am who I am and why I value the things that I value. But he's a dude and he has always been a dude. And all the heroes I grew up with were dudes and all the girls in Doctor Who stood around and screamed mm-hmm. and waited to be helped. And so even though the show is garbage at the moment, <laughs> it's so bad. It's so bad. I, st- I stopped watching it. It's so bad. But if it makes some little girl feel like she can save the day, yeah. she can do it, and she's smart enough, and she's brave enough, and she's good enough, then thank God for that. That's awesome. Yeah. But at the same time, I just wish it was better. <laughs> <laughs> and like, but, like, I think, I think, too, that that's... As long as, like, there is that kernel of something being carried forward in a, in a way that is genuine... Like there is somebody is making the decision to make Doctor Who a woman, not from a mercenary. Oh, this is what we had a little mercenary. But yeah, the people are making it and giving the world an opportunity to have exactly what you're talking about, Susan. Like there is there is a a person out there that can now experience that story in a way that they never would have otherwise. And like, you know, if Stan Sakai wants to do that for this this character that is whether I want to or not tied up in my sense of self and my sense of mortality uh, then who am I to say no who am I to say no um, but at the same time I do think it's it's also valid to mourn oh of course I, I, right I, like yeah. the I, thing I the thing I want and this is part of getting older oh no the thing I want doesn't exist anymore and can't exist anymore. Yeah. Or, or the creator has chosen for it to not exist right. anymore. That's I think that one's the the last one is the hard one. And, like and the thing the thing that's tough in the case of Usagi Ojimbo is that it's this work of art that I continue to engage, not because it's like, oh, it connects me to another time. Mm. Oh, it it still makes me feel like I did then. Like, none of that shit. It's just good. <laughs> it's just, it's good. And, like, it's a thing that rereading it was, like, the most uplifting experience in the entire world because I connect to it in a fundamentally different way as... Uh, a man as a father as you know somebody who has experienced loss like i used to think that the action and like the samurai like hardness the nobility and all that was so fucking cool and now i read it and i'm like violence is sad this is sad and realizing that not only was it was it made with that understanding it was made with the understanding of both perspectives that it was made with the understanding of the young person reading it and the older person reading it. That's fucking awesome. And that is awesome. it's hard to say goodbye to that. It's hard to yeah. to even consider having to say goodbye to that. Um, I will say, 
<laughs> Man, I hope my kid likes this comic because I fucking bought every damn version of it you could buy. I have the individual small trades, I have the giant compendium trades, and I have not missed a single of the trade floppy issues since 1996 because I'm insane. And that's fine. But they're all there. They're all around. And nobody at Amazon can flick a button and be like, all your digital copies are yeah. gone now. Yeah. They're yeah. gone. Hey, guess what? This show doesn't exist anymore. Dave Roberts, you're fighting the tide. You're fighting back. I'm you're back I'm back, back on the, the physical media train. I'm I can't I can't do it with games. Just because the game, the the thing with games is that they update so frequently now that it's yeah. just like mm. it's it's hard to preserve those experiences. And music, I feel, is so just ephemeral anyway that like I want something that I can listen to on my phone or like mm. I have an iPad, so I just put them all on a media server and you know rip CDs or whatever, download the music, it's fine. But movies, mm. I'm back. Because yeah, like like this stuff with HBO Max and like Netflix, like the it, like it'll probably still be a going concern, but not in the way that you know you that that it used you to be. You don't know that, but Netflix but, might yeah. be fucking blockbuster in a few years, man. Like, yeah, yeah. Mm. So so and man, it it, fr- it friggin' bums me out because there's stuff on Netflix that I would love to give them forty dollars for to own. Yes. And they don't like so. So there's this show that my son, uh, and like our whole family watches called Kipo and the Wonder Beasts. Have you heard of this? <laughs> There's so many fucking shows. You it's, could be making it up. No, no. Are, okay, is, show is this a, I have no idea. It's a cartoon. I think okay. Lyra would love it. It is. It's set. It's like a post-apocalyptic world. This young girl uh, escapes. Uh, like it starts off with her escaping something, and she discovers that she's part mutant. And uh, the like whole show is like filled like this colorful cast of like multicultural cast of characters. There's like bug people. It's really funny. The music's great. Like it's like this blend of like hip hop and electronic music, and it's just really like lots of really cool ideas. But it's a Netflix show. Like it was mm-hmm. produced for net. They at least got to tell their whole story over three seasons. So sure. good, lucky them. But I would love to give them money to have the whole thing on Blu-ray just so I have it. So what kicked this off? What like what was because you've been you've been posting them hot pics of your Blu-rays as they come in. But you you posted a picture of a fucking awesome looking RoboCop edition. Oh, the Arrow release. Ago. Yeah, that the Arrow tight. Arrow Steelbook includes both the director's cut and the theatrical cut on 4K uh, Blu-ray. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet, but I hear it's a really good version of it too. So. Uh, no, so I, I think it started when it was like a like back in mid twenty twenty two, Wario sixty four tweeted out a deal that Dragons Forever was coming to four K. It's a Jackie Chan movie that I've never seen before, but I really loved the cover of it, and it was like 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 oh like wow, there someone out there is like putting the kind of like craft into a Jackie Chan movie that like Criterion does for art house cinema. So it's like, okay, well I'll cop to that. Um, and then I started looking into like other 
companies that like like there there's like arrow that has a bunch of stuff and uh the other thing too is my my sister getting me that sunny chiba collection and -hmm. going like this is the first time these movies have been available on blu-ray and they're really good and i just like like, these movies are hard to find like normally and people are putting the attention into the care into reproducing them and they're not going to be around forever Mm because If anyone who's followed like Hong Kong action movies, those licenses don't last. Um, I like hard, hard boiled by John Woo is like one of my favorite action flicks. I saw it on an out of print Criterion DVD that was probably is probably even though it's only on DVD is probably the best version that you can legally get of that movie because the Blu-ray that they released incorrect they released two- incorrect the best way to watch Hard Boiled there's only one way to watch Hard Boiled and it's to get the limited edition no. PlayStation Three version of Stranglehold no with no the it's terrible not terrible miss <laughs> Oh, you it gotta sucks. get that PS3. It's horrible. It's not it's even in it's, <laughs> it's like a it's like a DVD upscale. It's not even remastered, and the options are play and pause. Susan, have you ever oh, wow. have you ever tried to watch that copy? Of no, no. Oh, I was so fucking pumped when Stranglehold was coming out. It was like, oh shit, I can get rid of my Criterion DVD <gasps> of Hard Boiled. Mm-hmm. Oh, so I did, honey. And they did not, oh. they, like, and they never they brought su- it back. I think, they were I surprisingly think I, quiet about, like, the transfer quality of it to, I, like. I donated that Criterion DVD of stra- of, uh, of Hard Boiled. I donated it's, it's it. It's at least, like, it, I mean, it's not oh, super buddy. expensive, but it's still, it's, it's like an 80. Enough. It's like $100 now. So, These the subtitles are offset <laughs> by, like, a good 15 seconds. Like, you'll see. <laughs> Like, not an exaggeration, not a bit. It's like a subtitle will appear, stay there, vanish, then someone will say something. In and a I don't like while. they're not even like real. They're dub titles, yeah, is what they are. And that like the there's a Blu-ray release that uh, Vivendi put out under a Dragon Dynasty label. And it's like the best version you can get, but that's out of print now too. And the video quality is better than the Stranglehold release, but still subpar. And the I'm, subtitles are, again, like it's just the direct English dub, which is not a translation of the original Cantonese. So, anyway, all of this to say, go uh, go see Hard Boiled. Like it's worth it, even even with the shitty quality video. The things Susan, that Susan, have happen. you seen have you seen Hard Boiled? Oh, of course. Okay. Absolutely. Like for anybody, By the way, you can get it on Blu-ray for 25 bucks off eBay. <laughs> Wait, which one? Hard Boiled? <laughs> Hard Boiled? Hard Boiled. Yeah, on Blu-ray. It might be Okay, so it might be like an Italian version which doesn't work. Oh. Yeah, cuz um, that's the other thing is getting into this is realizing that Oh, UK import. Yeah, oh, I see. licenses <laughs> in the UK are Canadian than 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 the United States and it's uh-huh. like like it's either you buy a region fleet free Blu-ray player and yeah, I don't I don't yeah, think yeah. I'm ready to go down that road yet, um, but yeah it's just it's a mess it's all a mess. Um, Isn't the triple but, yeah. a region free Blu-ray player? The what? The no. triple? No, it's it's region A triple? only. The triple. You get that triple. <laughs> But anyway, so 
Yeah, I don't know. Like, it, and it, that just kind of sent me s- spiraling down as, you know, as I do hyperfixate on mm-hmm. things. Uh, just discovering the, like, oh, there's a lot more out there than Criterion. Like, Criterion's been getting in on the scene. They, they have a really good set of Police mm-hmm. Story, which I just ordered. I watched those on the Criterion channel. Uh, if you haven't seen those, they're amazing the 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 last fight scene alone is in the mall and it's the kind of thing where like the the blooper reel is just stuntmen getting wheeled out on gurneys and you're like oh my god because in your head you're like oh like why don't they make action movies like this anymore this is incredible oh my god they should not be making movies like this anymore litigation is a thing (laughs) yeah um but that those movies are great. Um, they have some. They have like a whole really nice collection of Bruce Lee movies, like Enter the Dragons, which has got like the director's cut, theatrical cut, all kinds of stuff. Uh, and then, uh, but then there's Arrow Films, which is getting in the game. Uh, they started their U.S. operations because they were a U.K.-based company for a long time. Um, Shout Factory, which I remember starting out as like the company that put out all the MST3K DVDs. Yeah. But now, now they're putting out, they're like, hey, hey, do you remember Streets of Fire? Do you remember that movie with Will of Defoe? And wait, wait, it's like wait, a, wait, what, what? Speak to me. What? Streets, Streets of Fire. It's like a, like a cyberpunk musical. Dude, I, you're talking to someone with an LNAM in the Attackers t shirt. Okay. okay? Yes. I know Streets of Fire. <laughs> yes. <laughs> What? How would you like it on 4K Blu-ray? Because they're making that. Like, like uh, what? This this cult movie that everyone else would like, yo. other than us weirdos, would forget about. They're yeah. like, what if? What if we made like a really good home version of this movie? How have we um, not done a commentary track for Streets of Fire? We should. We should. We, we should, should fucking do that. We should watch that yes. movie. There is. We should I, watch that. I need to find it. Somebody did an annotated list a couple of years ago of every single shot and thing that happens in Streets of Fire that got lifted and put into a Japanese arcade and console game from like '85 to '95. So it's like this, like this background character in Double Dragon, this character in Streets of Rage, incredible this costume. Like, yeah, it's fucking exhaustive. Well, oh, I love that. Really There's cool. uh, one, like one of my friends on Letterbox reviewed it. it. Was like, it was, it's so cool to be able to watch a Sega Genesis game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, but yeah, like so they're they're doing really good work. Like they've got all all the John Carpenter stuff they're putting out on 4K. Um, which is really cool. And then there's a company called Vinegar Syndrome, which is like if you if you like <laughs> like like they they're starting to branch out into like more normie type stuff, but like if you want like obscure Italian horror, like like zombie movies, like all ki- all the kind of schlock, uh they're the ones that put out like 4K ver- like they put out a 4K version of Miami con- Connection. Including the like original work print cut of that movie before they like rework the insane like no who does this right but there are weirdos out there doing it but they have they um put out a movie which I just ordered called Writing Wrongs which is a Cynthia Rothrock movie um which uh I every now and then there's a fight scene from that that makes the rounds on Twitter and I'm like oh I gotta fucking watch that movie um. But yeah, all of this to say, like I, so I pre-ordered a copy of In the Line of Duty. It's a box set that has four In the Line of Duty movies, including the first one, which is called Yes, Madam. 
y'all gotta watch that movie. It's Michelle Yao's uh, first like first breakout hit. Um, oh wow! Yeah, she's credited as Michelle Kahn in that movie. She had done a couple other movies before, but this is her first movie as star. She kicks ass in this movie. Um, like the plot is is whatever. Um, it's you know, there's a MacGuffin microfilm. She is an inspector looking for it. It ends up in the hands of a bumbling group of Three Stooges type characters who. Mm-hmm honestly the weakest part of the movie and it focuses a lot on them which kind of sucks but anytime Yao and uh, Cynthia Rothrock also her first movie uh, anytime she's on the screen it's just incredible the fight scenes are so good and it all culminates in this like 10 minute sequence inside of the the main mobster's house which is just like like it's a fun house filled with glass fountains entirely designed to be destroyed by throwing people in them um it took them like a month to film. It has the thing that I love when they do in the Hong Kong movies where they zoom out with these like huge wide angles. So you see, oh, yeah, that stuntman actually got flipped off of a balcony onto the roof of a wet bar and falls to the ground. So you're like just oh, like, no. one slow motion unbroken shot. You're like, that guy, I hope he's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no. Um, but yeah, they're putting that set out. Um a group called 88 Films is putting that out. They're the ones that did the Dragons Forever release, which I'm getting next week. So, yeah. I don't know. It's just like I'm tired of being beholden to streaming services. Like I'm basically at this point in my mind, I'm kind of unsubbing from everything. Like I like yeah. I still have my parents' Netflix account, but who knows how long that'll last. They've been talking a lot about finally cracking down on that stuff. But basically treating it like a glory, like, like I think we all should have been from the start. It's a glorified rental service. Yes. If you yeah. want to watch a movie, yeah. you give them $10 to watch the movie and that's it. And it's never, and then you cancel it, it. it. It's not as like, what's very frustrating too is it like back in the day, if you watched, like you watched like a lot of X-Files or something, or you watched like a lot of Star Trek getting bootlegs of those things was so easy like when those things were dead was it i mean like if you knew nerds who loved like doing their own vhs tapes like Uh. i knew i knew people in those like early bbs days and like i like part of it was like loving anime in 1996 yeah like you would be like there's no way to watch this stuff so you know people who will have it, and those same people will have, like, all of season one and two of TNG on VHS. You wouldn't want to watch most of that. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's season one. <clears throat> but, like, all it was, like, an easy way to access that stuff. And finding, finding you know, stuff that's been on streaming services, the stuff that kind of sent me down the rabbit hole of starting to get DVDs and Blu-rays again was when HBO decided that it was going to hand everything over to the honey boo boo guy. You guys know that that's like the guy yeah, that, that's that the, the took over HBO what's Max. Zelnick David, or whatever his name David is. David Zaslav. Yeah. David Zaslav. Zaslav. That's it. That his big fake claim to fame was that he was the executive producer of honey boo boo. And that's why he's so rich. Um, cool. That's a good person. Yeah. To- and, and he is the steward of Warner Brothers oh, and Warner New Line Brothers. Cinema. Taste, and, taste. Excellent. Yeah. That's, that's great. The, mo- the moment that happened, like, I was like, oh shit, all the cartoons that, 
Lyra likes are gone. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. like, I was able to, like, one of the HBO Max exclusives was a show called Summer Camp Island. Amazing show. <laughs> uh, and I was able to find a Australian-made region-free DVD because apparently, like, the show wasn't broadcast there. They just sold the DVD. But it's only the first three seasons, and now there are three mm. seasons of that show that are gone. They're just wow. gone. And, like, you can't go on YouTube because Warner Brothers takes it all down. Right. And you can't, like, it's not popular enough for there to be, like, here are bootleg Blu-rays on Etsy, or here are... Right. Yeah, like, it's... You gotta yeah, make sure that you, gotta, you get, get, you get, get. those tor- those torrents. Yeah, I have a, I have a question for you guys. This is semi related to this. Children aside, mm-hmm. so take your children out of the equation. Although this may factor into the equation, how much video content, TV or movies, do you watch a day? Not a lot. Very not little. a lot. That's that. Okay. I, I try to like. I, I've been trying to watch more just because yeah. I'm, I'm like, I feel like again, my brain, like, like what, like Anthony went through the returnaling, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a brain, <laughs> like a f- switch flipped in my brain. And I'm like, Oh, I like movies again now. Like I can actually sit down and watch like a whole thing from start. So I've been watching a lot more at night after the kid goes what to bed. What do you do instead? Read and play, play games. games. Yeah. Like I read, okay. I read uh, and listen to music a lot. So like I'm tip like if I'm if I have free time, it's like games. Although these days, like as we've discussed multiple times post returnaling, it's very like the things that used to hold my attention for hundreds of hours are just Mm. just don't Mm -hmm. anymore. Um, So like games, and if there's something like I'm really tucked into, you know, um, I'll I'll do that. Like, God of War, I got so into God of War. And, like, when I wasn't working, it was like, I want to do that. Mm-hmm. But then it's also, like, I want to read and listen to music because I like doing both at the same time. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. And, and like, I don't I don't watch TV every... Like, there, there are no shows that I'm following anymore. Like, mm. Andor was the last show I, like, <laughs> I was going to say, did, did Netflix break you of that habit, too? Yes. Where they're constantly... Yes canceling every decent show after a season yeah unless it's stranger things i will i will say that i go on jags of like i'll decide like fringe last year i rewatched all of fringe because that Mm -hmm. show is dope as hell does it it, does it hold up oh yeah it fucking holds up fringe is awesome uh, and but like that was a weird one. I rewatched it because I loved watching Fringe, but then it wasn't on anything. It wasn't on right. any streaming service for years. It's not easy to get those DVDs, and when like when they show up, they're really expensive. Uh, and then it showed back up on HBO Max, and I was like, "Fuck yeah, I'm fucking, I'm gonna play a turn-based RPG and watch all of Fringe." I usually like I used to do that a lot too. Like that, like when I would watch a lot hmm. of TV, I would play games while I watch TV. Okay. Yeah. And where's where's Kate while you're doing this? Kate almost never wants to watch TV. Like like me like our our marriage. When we're sharing space, it is almost always Kate's reading and Mm -hmm. I'm like playing games or we're reading and listening to music together. 
And then like, gotcha. sometimes we really get into a show like right. Kate getting Kate into a show is hard. Like I've Buffy, like Kate, like I showed her Buffy for the first time mm-hmm, mm-hmm. seven, eight years ago. And like, boom, obsessed. Uh, and like right now we're rewatching together legend of Cora, but okay. and like, I like, it's very common, like a nice Friday night, not like a regular night. Kate and I yeah. will be like, we're going to get a bottle of wine and we're going to pick a seventies movie to watch. Like that's how, like we ended up like watching like slap shot. Anybody I listen to this, if you've never fucking seen Slapshot, that movie kicks ass. Paul Newman is hot. The fucking movie rules. But like that's that's the kind of thing we'll do. Like, gotcha. like uh just after Christmas, our big victory dance got uh there wasn't any digital options, so we got Brick and the Brothers Bloom. Double feature, Ryan Johnson God double damn feature. It. God damn it. <laughs> you could have all of the unnatural sounding dialogue and on home video yeah brothers bloom great movie 10 out of 10 (laughs) so this is i mean this is just really uh, interesting for me for a few reasons one i don't have kids yeah so the second i stop working my time is 100 percent my own also my because i don't have children my living room is geared so that and because my my partner is also a gamer it's geared so that we can both be playing games together in the same room but on on completely different setups but in addition to that i and i really think this is generational because i'm gen x television raised me yeah so it, it for me to not spend my evening watching television is very strange so it's we play games until we have dinner and then we have dinner and watch TV for the rest of the evening. And I and I I don't know how other people function. And Susan, you also <laughs> you watch like real TV. Like you watch TV TV, like there are like commercials. Cable. Like occasionally. 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 But like only occasionally. I haven't had I haven't had cable. I haven't had something that is ad supported in my house since two thousand seven. Which is fucking like like the moment Netflix hit Xbox 360, yeah, that was yeah. it. You, I was you were done. Never going back, never. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think the now old, that yeah. you can get HBO and Showtime and what have you through other things, yeah, I I probably don't really need cable anymore. Um, I think we have it right now. I think for stuff like football, sure. and Super Bowl, and and. Things like that, live events, the Oscars, what have you. Um, I also don't pay very much for it um, because DirecTV is like, oh God, please, please. <laughs> don't cancel don't me. Please, madam. <laughs> please. <laughs> like they took $70 off my monthly bill because wow. I was like, you know, I'm not sure I need this anymore. They're like, okay, well, what if we gave you all this for free? I'm like, okay, that'd be fine. What if we washed so, your car? And- yeah. <laughs> It's that level of desperation. It is. Yeah. So. I, I do miss... And, like, I think we've talked about this when we talk about the difficulty of discovering games. Mm-hmm. Is I miss, I miss like, the true, like, serendipity of watching television. Of, like... Yeah. That's... It's so funny, because one of the Kurosawa movies I just watched was Seven Samurai. 
and Kate had never seen it before. Uh, the nice thing about having a wife who's suddenly the executive director of uh, a a you know indie movie theater is now you could be like, but it's a classic. You need to see a classic if you're gonna run an indie theater. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> uh, but we're we're watching Seven Samurai, and the first time I ever saw Seven Samurai was totally fucking by accident on Turner Classic Movies. Like, I didn't even know what it was when I turned it on the first time, like, in 1997. I was just like, this is fucking rad. Yeah. Uh, And I Or the, like, I remember the independent film channel had, like, Samurai Saturdays every every morning, and you would tune in, and it was just whatever whatever they got. What you got? Zatsuichi movie? There's, like, 80 of them. Okay. Just drop in and, you know, watch one of those. I grew up, Creature Double Feature, Saturday morning, every Saturday back-to-back monster movies and that's the kind like i don't know what it is whatever i'm gonna have my bowl of cereal and i'm gonna watch whatever these two movies are and i did that every single saturday morning when i was growing up and that's how i watched a whole bunch of different things most of which are on mst3k now (laughs) (laughs) and 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 it it makes me very sad that that kind of thing doesn't exist so much anymore because of streaming services. Yeah, it, it's really funny, hey, Dave. I don't know. I don't know uh, how your kids feel about this, but Susan, one of the really weird parts of this is my daughter is fascinated by commercials, and she wants interesting. She, like one of her favorite things in the world is she wants to sit down. Her favorite, like, if we're driving somewhere, she wants me to tell her about dumb 90s things. Which means... <laughs> right. She wants... she Like, dumb 80s things or dumb 90s things. Which means she wants me to tell her about, like, stupid board games or stupid toys or stupid foods. That Have you covered the California raisins? Oh, yet? we've covered the California raisins. Okay, like all of like the the Grape Mc, Escape, the McNugget characters, yep. the, like all of it, like the Noid. We've done, we, we've covered it all. The Noid. Oh my god! And, the, like the, how the Seven Up Dot got his own she, video she, game. She wanted to know all about the Dot. She wanted to know all Love about it. Chester Cheetah. She wants yes. all of it. And like it. we will watch. And Kate fucking hates this. She's like, I hated this at the time. It w- what is wrong with you two? We will fire up like a YouTube compilation of '90s like toy commercials. And you are you are living the life as depicted in Demolition Man. It is Demolition yeah, Man. Just Armor yeah. hot dogs. Like it. But like the thing is, is to her, all of like the mercenary like the poison of capitalism is completely drained out of these things they're just broadcasts from an alien world to her yeah they're just they're just bizarre like we've been doing it seasonally too like she was like we watched like an hour-long comp of halloween commercials that stretched from like this it was fucking awesome like i totally recommend this to anybody listening kids or not it's a fascinating process but the Christmas ones were especially weird because they're all the like 
AT&T maudlin saccharine sure weird like calling home for Christmas commercials and translating that shit to her is it's almost impossible like you don't have a Rosetta Stone be like well is it is this what vaporwave is like, like is this like what <laughs> like there's nobody had cell phones and the internet didn't exist well why didn't the internet exist uh oh like, boy. well <laughs> I I uh, uh, let's yeah. watch uh, War Games starring Matthew Broderick. Yeah. Also Ferris Bueller starring Matthew Broderick. I, I will say she uh, has started to weaponize her lack of cultural experience because she and I will sit down and watch like two hours of cartoons on Saturday morning. And Kate'll be like, we, you guys gotta stop watching. It's too much screen time. You guys, too much screen time. And Lyra will be like, but I don't get Saturday morning cartoons. <laughs> She's like, but Saturday morning cartoons don't exist for me. I don't know what it was like. <laughs> yeah. Kids are funny. We don't need to do a DNA test, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, no, she's very clearly your child. Also, I need you to introduce her to Kid Video. Oh, that's a good one. I'm like Kid I, Video and Galaxy High. Oh no, she is. She knows Galaxy High well. She knows okay. Galaxy High well. We found okay. we found a like Vimeo thing that was like Galaxy High into that weird Flintstones cartoon with Captain Caveman shorts. Oh, sure, like, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, it was like, yeah. Uh, 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 like that, into like that, into Snorks, like killer. Yep. Just a great Snorks. comp. Um, yeah. And I mean, obviously, you've shown her Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, I'm, not, I'm, please, I'm a good dad. Okay. I'm a very oh, good I'm just, I'm just, you know, I'm just making sure. Just yeah. Making sure. The, uh, Gotta what, hit the classics. What is, what is the other one? The real she, Ghostbusters. Real Ghostbusters got us through the first year of the pandemic. That was another okay. one impossible to find. I had to go find a really terrible DVD box set that is like almost all of them and they're not in order. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the other thing with this physical media stuff. Like there's no episode guide. Like you're just, it's just like real Ghostbusters disc one. Roll the dice. Yeah. Well, <laughs> kids, kids' DVDs are like that, like they're crazy. Like weird. they're just like, like uh, I remember when when Jonah was younger, we got a couple of Peppa Pig DVDs, and it's just like there's no like, logic. Well, because then what I what I would do is I would take the DVD and I would rip it and put it on my Plex server so we could just stream it, and th- it uses a website called the TVDB, which is like a like a community curated list of like here's every season of every show with episode numbers with season numbers and you name the files based off of that data and then plex goes okay this is how we should display these seasons yeah it's real it's really 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 handy for tv shows uh because then you could just stream stuff that you own like it's on netflix uh but peppa pig is insane because it's like you'll get a dvd it's like this the the first two episodes are from season one the third episode is from season six the fourth episode is from season four and just no rhyme because again kid doesn't care they -hmm. just want peppa pig and these are all sort of loosely tied together by a theme maybe or at least the first two episodes are, but then the rest are bonus pepisodes. Their words, not mine. Um, I'm not mad at it. I'm no, not mad at it's, episodes. it's very good. It's right there. Uh, it's right there. What, what are they going to do? Not, but also episodes? they call them, 
they call them bonus, but it's just why didn't you just say you have ten episodes on the DVD instead of six? Mm-hmm. What are you doing? Because anyway. you'll sell it more if it comes with a bonus. Yeah, yeah, fair. Susan, the other thing with these kids DVDs, it'll be like bonus episode, and it'll be like half an episode of another show. Yeah, like <laughs> right. Because again, exactly. kids don't care. Kid doesn't care. <laughs> Can't, can't figure out how to operate the what? menu. What? what? No logic. There's zero. Oh, yeah. That upsets me. We There's a whack show that Lyra was into when she was really little called Max and Ruby. That is one of the weirdest. One day we'll talk okay, about Max I'll... and Ruby. It's very upsetting. Max and Ruby's okay. Where are the adults, Dave? Why are there some adults, but there's no parents? There's an eight-year-old girl taking care of a four-year-old rabbit who's either the Antichrist or has very specific needs. (laughs) Max and Ruby is about a... 80-year-old woman in the body of an 8-year-old girl who is taking care of the fucking devil, Susan. <laughs> That's what this show is. Max okay. is monosyllabic, and he'll just be like, Car! No, Max, you're four! Don't drive a car into a populated area! Car! That's every episode. Every episode is this little sociopath causing some kind of massive damage. You're using... What was it? Was that epi- that the Minecraft episode of South Park where they're like, "You're using dad logic. You can't think about this <laughs> like a person. <laughs> it's for children. You can't think about it like a person." <laughs> Every single yeah, it's very upsetting. And they live in what seems to be a normal world, but nobody comments on this brother and sister from hell. All right, we need to wrap this up, everybody. <laughs> who who is responsible? Dave, who caused it? The 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 people who should be held responsible for this are our <laughs> Patreon backers. Patreon.com <laughs> forward slash continue podcast. Uh, we love each and every one of you. You help us tremendously. Um, you get to hang out in a cool Discord server as well. Uh, but for our $10 backers and above, I'm going to shout them out right now. We've got Josh Jamie Souza. John Belf, Toast, Adam Gauntlet, Michael Coffey, Shirley L., The Fancy Manatee, Stormshot, Matthew Peters, Denton Brock, Gluttony One of Seven, Eric Van Quill, Frank Sands, Tyler Nielsen, Shane Nelson, Yaddle, Ryan Brady, Jacob Christos, Chris Cook, Christian Fisher, Skip Dippity, Canonical, Tom Coveney, and Nick Rugen. Thank, Thank you. Thank you so Thank much. Oh, you're so great. I want to be I want to be very clear <clears throat> about two points involving <laughs> backer dollars. Number one, Susan was correct. There was a $25 copy of Hard Boiled, the Criterion Collection, being sold by Seattle Goodwill on eBay. Point two, your backer dollars just (laughs) (laughs) Hard Boiled, the Criterion Collection. They put they have a string because there's a the final seats in a hospital scene is in a hospital oh, and they they lower babies the down babies. on ropes the babies on to rope rescue scene. the babies while they're being shot at by it's bad amazing. guys it is it's, cinema it is one of the greatest accomplishments in mankind 
Um, all right, everybody, your, you your buy backing that. the show is very important to us. If you do not back the show, you just listen to us. We get that too. Thank you. Share the show. Put it out in the world. Find find your friend who's like, yeah, I occasionally watch and play things. It'd be like, put this in your ear holes because it'll make them feel good. Uh, you can follow us on the internet at patreon.com slash continue podcast. You go to twitch.com uh, twitch.tv slash continue podcast. Uh, Susan, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Susan Art, where I talk about TV a lot because I watch a lot of things. <laughs> I watch that t- TV. Dave Roberts, where can people find you? On Twitter and co-host <laughs> at the same name, David Robots. Co- I'm actually I'm going to write up my my top games of 2022, and that's where that's going to go. So oh, nice. Nice. So it's, awesome. it, that's that. like it's going to be my blog. So think of that as my blog. Cool. Also, so so that's where you can find me. Uh, you can find me on Twitter shit posting at a John <laughs> Agnello, um, <laughs> where you can get you can get very good jokes like Passion of the Christ to Attack of the Clones. That's what you can get on my Twitter feed. All right, everybody. We'll see you in two weeks. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye.